Blog Talk Radio. Hi there, I'm Mary Eileen Williams at Feisty Side of 50 Radio, and this show is a celebration of baby boomers who are embracing life as we grow older. And one of the best ways to do that is by learning new and fascinating information about the rich history of our planet. That's why I'm especially excited to speak with our guest today, Ann Williams. Ann is a National Geographic writer-editor who specializes in cultural heritage preservation and writing about the ancient world. In her role, Anne has been lucky enough to witness many incredible and awe-inspiring discoveries, and in turn, these amazing discoveries are to be found in the book she shares with us today. It's called Treasures of Egypt and literally is a treasure trove of photographs and fascinating facts. Boy, I can't wait to get started and share this amazing book with all of you out there. So welcome, Anne. Thank you for having me. I'm I'm so happy to be here. Well, believe I me, nothing more than I love nothing more than talking about ancient Egypt. It's so fun. Oh well, and I'm thrilled to have you too. And I do have to say, uh, give you a hearty congratulations because you took on a major role in the creation of this incredible resource. Uh, I know you worked for Ge- National Geographic for three decades, but uh, and you've been responsible for a number, I'm sure, of celebrated works. But this one had to have been extra special. I am so happy to hear you say that. You know, you 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 work for so long on a project and um and you just you feel like you're in the weeds and then it appears as a publication and it's just lovely to hear uh, that that people are um appreciating all of the time and thought and work that went into this. Um and it wasn't only me. Um the other half of this is that The designer for this book is a wonderful designer named David Griffin, um, who is the best magazine book designer in the business right now. And I worked with him for many years at National Geographic. And the reason why this book looks so spectacular is because of David's talent and David's eye. He, He really is an artist, and he brings that he brought that to this book, I think. Uh, it, it's obvious, you know, when you open it up. Um, so uh, I, I, I think we made a good team. I think you made an excellent team, man. And to the book itself, I, just the gathering of all the photographs, I mean, and to the range of everything that it shares, because in the photographs you see, of course, the magnificent architecture of Egypt, the, the statues, the gilded statues, beautiful jewelry, golden artifacts, uh, and so much more. It must have been just a major job, a monumental job, to go through some of National Geographic's uh, collection of these wonderful photographs and selecting them. It was huge. Uh, First of all, we're talking about 3,000 years of pharaonic history. Um, and literally decades and decades and decades of excavations and then, you know, decades and decades of photographic archives. And um, there was just so much. And it took, you know, of course, a number of rounds of, you know, what do we have and what do we have to have? That's the first thing you do. What what are the what are the iconic images that you have to have in the book? And you know, and then what's the second tier? And and you just you do you do one cut after another until you have 
a lineup that you think is going to work. I also had to come up with a structure that I thought would work for all of this. And I thought, well, okay, what I want is a book that can work in on a number of different levels. On one level, it is it's eye candy. And an armchair traveler can take it, sit down, flip through, enjoy the photographs, read a couple of captions, and be satisfied. But it is also a very good read. And I have done this deliberately because I think there are a lot of people who come to the topic of ancient Egypt and they don't say, I want to know everything there is to know about the Old Kingdom. They say, the pyramids are at Giza, what is that all about? And so I thought what I would do is I would structure this book as an atlas. Um, and we would ju- and I would just give readers a, a guide, a map, through the landscape of ancient Egypt. So I tell about Giza and the pyramids and Memphis, the capital that was nearby. I talk about the Valley of the Kings and Waset, modern Luxor, which was the city nearby. I talk about the Nile and the central role that that played in ancient Egypt, which was an agricultural society um, fed by the Nile, and the role that they played and who lived out there and the raw materials that came through those areas. I talk about the Mediterranean coast and the foundation of Alexandria and the trade connections that went all over the Mediterranean. And then, of course, the territories to the north and the south that Egypt traded with and was connected with and sometimes conquered when Egypt was very powerful. So I think Yeah, this is a nice, splashy coffee table book, but it is also a very good primer. If you are new to ancient Egypt and you want to learn a little bit, this is a great book, and you can put it on your shelf and refer to it over and over again. Or if you're planning a trip to Egypt, you can get this book and figure out what it is that you're going to see and what you want to see of all the things there are to see in Egypt. Well, and I have to agree with you. I know it's hard to believe, but I'm kind of a novice when it comes to ancient Egypt. And really reading the book, you do, you get, you've, you've, consolidated the information in a very readable way that's not only fascinating to read, but then, of course, is augmented by those absolutely fabulous photographs. So it's, it's a feast for the eyes and, and a learning experience, too. Uh, yes. You know, every time I work on a project like this, I mean, I learned tons working on this book. My amateur specialty is the 18th dynasty, the time of King Tut, and and all of the sort of political intrigues and um, and who was sitting on the throne and who wasn't at the end of the 18th dynasty. But I learned a lot about Roman Egypt. I learned a lot about the founding of Alexandria. I learned a lot about the early communities of Baidos, Nehet, Hierakompolis. So, you know, for me, it was a great opportunity to learn as well. 
Well, and, and you've imparted that knowledge, as I said, in a very readable way, so those of us who are not experts can really enjoy and learn on our own level, and I appreciate that. The other thing I want to mention, and we chatted a little bit before we went on air, but this book was actually, I, I don't know if it was inspired, but some, you know, by the uh, centennial, the 100th anniversary of the discovery of uh, King Tut's tomb. Yes, so November 4th, 1922 was the day when archaeologist Howard Carter's crew stumbled upon the top step that eventually led them to the four underground chambers that made up King Tutankhamun's tomb. So the anniversary is coming up, and my bag to pack I am leaving on Saturday for Egypt, and I, if all things go as I hope, I will be in the Valley of the Kings on the anniversary of that day. Um, so, you know, that, that is a lot of fun. Um, this year also marks another anniversary. It is the 200th anniversary of the announcement by a very young, smart French linguist named Jean-François Champollion, who made an announcement in September 1822 that he had cracked the hieroglyphic code. Linguists, Linguists had been working for quite a while trying to figure out how to read ancient Egyptian hieroglyphs. And Jean-François Champollion, he, he was a whiz kid. By the time he was in his 20s, I mean, he could read something like a dozen languages. And I think that helped him sort of think about how ancient hieroglyphs could work and how languages could work and how that language in particular could be structured. And so he figured it out in 1822. So that's another um, anniversary that we're celebrating this year. It's a big year for Egyptology. Well, and speaking of Egyptology in Egypt, I have to say there's a, a, a publicity photo of you, which I have included on the on the website here. You've got your, your the pyramids are in the background. You've got your hat on. You've got the <laughs> biggest, most excited smile on your face, and I just thought you are one happy camper there. <laughs> I am. You know, every time I'm in Egypt and I'm, you know, looking at um, beautiful things and artifacts and just thinking about a civilization that was so wonderful, um, I am happy. Um, I'm I'm also very thoughtful because one of the questions that somebody asked me recently was in all of my work in Um, in archaeology, you know, what are the questions that keep me up at night? And one of the big, big questions is, why do empires fall? Ah. And I think about that, yeah, every time I go to Egypt, every time I launch into a project like this, you know, on paper, ancient Egypt should not have fallen. It was wealthy, it had the Nile, it had wonderful agriculture, it had access to uh, build stone, 
quarries for building stones, quarries for semi-precious stones to make jewelry. It had trade connections all over the Mediterranean and up along the Mediterranean coast to get um, lumber from Lebanon. It had connections down to sub-Saharan Africa um, where it got gold and luxuries like um, ostrich feathers and um, and ebony wood and um, leopard skins and live baboons, which was you know very cool. Um, you know why 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 did a place like that fall apart? Uh, you know I don't know why, but I think as as we ponder the the um, political ups and downs of modern life, um, we. We, I think it's useful to, to ask a question like that. Is there something that we can learn from ancient Egypt that we can apply to um, life and politics today? Absolutely, and I didn't even think of that, but you're making me think. I will be up tonight thinking about that myself, maybe. Oh <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Anne, I'd love to talk with you. We are unfortunately going to have to close pretty soon, but I did want to mention, too, I'm looking for many more books on Egypt from you, because in the foreword by uh, Dr. Hebert, I believe, hope I'm pronouncing his name correctly, he stated in your book that it's believed that only about 30% of Egyptian treasures have been uncovered, so you have Lots more ground to cover, my friend. I hope so. I can only hope. <laughs> <laughs> well, back to this book, though. It is, uh, like I said, it's the treasures of Egypt, but it's a treasure for people to have on their own library, on their coffee table, or wherever they choose to put it and refer to it again and again. So before we have to leave, do you have any final thoughts? I don't. It's just a pleasure to be here. I love talking to ancient about ancient Egypt. Um, I think if people want to find me, I am president of the Washington, D.C. chapter of the American Research Center in Egypt. And if you're interested in what I'm, what I'm doing and, um, and news on ancient Egypt, you can find that organization on Facebook. I host a lecture on ancient Egypt every month. And I have one coming up on the 19th of November. It's about Berenike, which was a trading port on the Red Sea. So um, the, it, we call it RC, A-R-C-E-D-C, um, the D.C. chapter of the American Research Center on Egypt, in Egypt. Um, we're on Facebook, and I push out stuff all the time on that, uh, on that Facebook page. That is so exciting to know because this this month's Facebook page will be extra special or November's with all of these anniversaries coming up. And this is I was looking forward to this. You've exceeded my expectations. Thank you so much for your time, your information, your expertise, and your passion. Thank you for inviting me. It's been great talking to you. Well, and I urge all of you listeners out there, please do check out National Geographic's Treasures of Egypt. It is a visual treasure trove, and it's going to give you some real insights into some of the ancient world's greatest secrets and will make for the perfect holiday gift. Remember, that's around the corner for any history buffs or anybody interested in Egypt who are on your shopping list. So until next time, this is Mary Eileen Williams at Feisty Side of 50 Radio. Dan, I'll catch you later. Bye-bye.